Radio Elk Grove. Is a regular mom the best qualified to be on the school board? We talk to Teresa Beals. Welcome to Radio Elk Grove, Elk Grove's only internet radio magazine. I'm your host, Denny Gomez. Thanks for tuning in. In this edition, Teresa Beals is running for school board against experienced educators and administrators. But not all of our board now come from professional backgrounds. Is Beals the type of person that should be on our board? Meet the candidate, Teresa Beals, on today's Radio Elk Grove. Let's look into it together. If you appreciate Radio Elk Grove, help get the word out. Just click Facebook or G Plus or Twitter links at the bottom of the post and share this post with your friend. You can friend us, follow us, join our circle. Just search for Radio Elk Grove. The more who listen, the more we can do to bring Elk Grove to you. The Elk Grove Unified School District Board of Trustees is becoming more and more populated by highly trained, skilled administrators with long-standing ties to the district, members of Financial Advisory Council, educational professionals. But our longest-serving members were more homespun. Though well-educated, Teresa Beals is just that, a mom who wants to make a difference. She's running against Carmine Fortina and incumbent Al Roulette for the Area 7 seat. As our interview progressed, we found Beals to have a unique perspective. Her three children run the gamut of needs within the educational system, from a special needs child to a gate student, gifted and talented. We got a chance to talk to her about her views on the district and her reasons for running. I have to ask you first, what has called you to run for office at this time? I have been, I have served on the board at Sunrise Elementary School for the last five years and um, have been encouraged by the teachers, staffs, and parents there. But also, um, as a parent, I have seen the board make decisions that I don't understand and I need to make sure that what the board is doing, they're doing for all of our kids in Elk Grove and not for the benefit of one individual or a small group of individuals. So I wanted to run for the board so that I could be a voice for the students of Elk Grove Elementary Schools um, to show that, or I'm sorry, not the elementary schools, but all the schools of Elk Grove, um, Elk Grove Unified School District so that um, they're included in all the decisions that the board makes. Great. Tell me about your background, especially as it may qualify you to be on the board of trustees. Well, I was, six years ago, I came from Illinois here to California and moved into the Elk Grove Elementary, uh, Elk Grove School District and was immediately asked to serve on the PTA at Sierra Enterprise. And the following year, mm -hmm. Sunrise Elementary School opened up and I was elected the PFO PTA president at our school. And I served there for the last five years. I stepped down in June to run for the school board. And again, the reason I'm running is... Um, the qualifications I feel that I have for this position is um, I have the passion to, for all of the students, and I have the will to go out there and get what is the best for our students. I feel that I work well with the board that I had when we were at Sunrise. We made sure that every single dollar that we brought in as a board, we, we made sure it went to the classrooms to benefit the students. And I think as a board, that's the most important thing, even at the school board level. Every dollar that's possible needs to make it to the classroom. And that's why I'm running for the board. And I feel that I have the drive and the ability to get that done. 
Great. What do you feel are the biggest challenges facing our schools over the next four years, which would be the length of your first term? Well, I, the budget is the biggest, the dollars that are not coming from the state. And I think that um, the board needs to learn how to be creative, and it needs to look to outside sources that are thriving during these difficult economic times and look at what they're doing and how they're doing it and see if those are ways that the board, our board could in, um, include them in our budget plan, planning and improve the way we use our dollars when it comes to all the students in Elk Grove. I think there's other things besides dollars that the board could be looking at. I think there's resources out there within companies who don't have money to give to the school board, but they have resources or they have employees who have, have and want to give time to help their community, and they want to help. And if somebody went in there and asked them, maybe that we could get employees that can partner with different teachers around the school district that can help them with with the lack, lack of time that teachers have in front of the students, maybe they can put um, somebody that's willing to come in and work with students that are falling behind or struggling. Or they have resources in their company that could be used to improve an after-school program for a school or even create one that the students would enjoy. So I think we just need to be, the board needs to be creative and look at uh, other ways of financing our schools other than just the money that's coming from the state because we know that at this point, that money is dwindling. You say that, um, that the board has made decisions that you don't understand. Um, do you feel that they have gone wrong in some way? Well, I don't understand. They made decisions, financial decisions, that affect the entire um, population of our school district. And um, as a parent, I don't know why the, economic, um, the economics of what they've done, It was uh, we were already starting to see the decline in the money that was coming from the state, yet they, they felt it necessary to give lifetime benefits to our superintendent, who at the time they hadn't earned them. And they, have, they gave raises to, our, um, to the top administrators within the school district while they were taking away things from, from the classroom. And as a parent, I think that the school board needs to make sure that when they're doing things like that, if they're doing them for the right reasons, they need to be out there promoting why they're doing things like that. But as a parent, we, don't, we haven't seen why they've done those things and what they're going to do, why those things are going to benefit our students in the classrooms. All we've seen is that things that they have done have taken away from our students in the classroom. Do you see yourself as an agent of change, someone that really needs to change things? I, yes, I want to be an agent of change. I want to make sure that that school board opens up and becomes more transparent, not only with the employees who they work with every single day, but with all the parents in the school district. We all need to be informed of what's going on. It's the school board for all the kids. It's not the school board for the few over there in the building. We all need to be aware of what's going on, and I think that that's important, and that is something that I'm going to strive for if I'm elected to the school board. Your opponent and fellow challenger, uh, Fortina has called for a clean sweep in all the elections for trustee. Um, do you endorse any of the challengers in the other races? Uh, I, there are two. I don't. I, I guess I'm not very politically savvy. Um, endorse. Um, I'm giving my vote to two two other people who I like a lot, and one of them is an incumbent. Mm -hmm. I, I, I like in District Six. I like the incumbent, and he will get my vote. Mm -hmm. Okay. In District, in District 1, there's 2. not an incumbent, so. 
recent reports show test scores are up and we also have a high percentage of college entry amongst our graduates. Do you feel the board is doing anything right? Well, to be completely honest, as a parent who doesn't sit on the board, I don't know every single thing the board does. But um, they obviously are doing some things right. There are some teachers in the district who are um, um, not as upset with the board as others, and I, and, but the majority of the teachers that I know personally don't like anything the board has been doing lately. And not to say that I'm standing 100% behind the teachers, but to say that I need to make sure that the teachers are happy because they're in front of my kids every single day, and I want to make sure that they're enjoying their job and getting what they need from the people above them. On your Smart Voter page, you state that a top priority, of course, is looking for creative ways to control the budget. And you've mentioned a couple of those, working with private business and, and such. Could you give me an example of how you could, say, for instance, bring private business into the uh, conversation? Well, I think that opening up the line of communication with businesses, that doesn't include um, do you have any dollars to give us. I think looking at other ways of asking them to partner with the school I think would make it a little – right now not all businesses have dollars that they can give. If they do, that's awesome, and that would be, you know, extremely appreciated by the board. But um, to to give them the option of of other things they may have in their building, in their in their business, they might have, like I said, people that have time and want to give to their community, or they have resources that they can that could be used in conjunction with something going on at the school that could save the school dollars, where they don't have to go out and get certain resources for the school, they can use resources that other businesses already have within their company. On Candidates Night, um, you were not given the opportunity to answer a question on alternate funding, such as special assessments, if Proposition 30 was to fail to pass. Would you support such uh, assessments? The only way I would support a special assessment is if it was written so that there was absolutely no way that money could go anywhere other than into our schools and into the classrooms. It has mm-hmm. to be that that finite. Mm-hmm. Because I have been a voter, I'm, you know, I'm in my upper 40s, and I have seen many taxes being passed as to help our teachers, to help the schools, to fund this. And that money doesn't make it all the way to where it was supposed to. And we still, now we're going back and asking again for more money, and yet the last money didn't fix the problem. Mm-hmm. Okay. Speaking of um, politics, there's an ongoing discussion about keeping politics out of the boardroom. What do you feel is the role of public opinion in decision-making that the board does? Um, I, I feel it's a huge part. I think that the the people in our school district should be a part of what we're doing as a whole, the board. I think there are times when it's important to go out and find out what it is exactly that um, the, the, the district needs and wants from the school board and not just the, you know, I'm sorry, I'm not sure if there's seven or 11. I know there's a few other people on the board other than the seven trustees from the areas. Um, other than what they have to offer. I think that we need to make sure that we're doing what is in the best interest of everyone, and sometimes you need to go out and find out what that is. How would you go about creating more openness with the public as regards working the workings of the board? Well, I think that um, getting an agenda out to the families who are part of Elk Grove Unified School District um, ahead of the, the board meeting so that they can take the time to see what's on there and, make, and see if it's something that is 
pertinent to their family and their students so that they can figure out how to make the time to be at that meeting. I think that, uh, and also give them time to formulate questions rather than walking into a meeting and having a moment to write something down. And I think that um, using the students in the high school we have the academies at the high school, and as I've been told, we have a great academy of students who, um, you know, could f get this on television so that parents can see the board meetings and, and know what's going on. Because right now, what happens, as a parent, I'll tell you how sometimes I get my information if I'm not able to make it to a board meeting. I get it from, I get snippets within the school grounds from either teachers or other parents who are taking a certain position on, an, on whatever happened. And so you're getting their side of the story, which then you follow because it's like, oh, I, I agree, I don't want that to happen, but yet you didn't hear both sides of the story. So right. um, a lot of our parents are being led by what teachers are saying. Not that they're misrepresenting, it's just what's, how it's affecting them. And they're going to give that, that persona to the person they're telling it about. We had um, we had kind of a rough patch with labor last winter. How do you feel feel that went wrong? Well, first of all, the fact that it got to that level is beyond me. How it could have gotten to that much discontent? I mean, there they had to know none of this was was brought up. Um, you know, all of a sudden, the the budget has been an issue for a long time. It should have been you know, forecasting into the future, they should have been, you know, realizing that they needed to talk to everybody, every single person that has a, a, a stake in Elk Grove should have been included in meetings as to this is what's coming. And we need to look at ways to make this better so that we can continue to educate our kids. Because according to all of us, that's why we're here. That's our number one priority. And I'll tell you what, as a parent, it certainly didn't seem like it last year when they were going through all this. The kids were the so, last people they cared about at that time. What, what do you think uh, you as a board member could do to make it better in the future? I think, op I think starting out every conversation, when you, when you know there's something coming, you go out there and you start talking to everybody saying, this is what's coming down the pipeline, and we need to start figuring out what we can do about it. Do you have any ideas? Because here's my idea. What's your idea? Maybe we should go ask that teacher or go to see that group of librarians or, or the custodians and keep them in the line of communication so that they're not the last people you're telling all this to, what you decided. Uh, on another subject, what can you tell me about the achievement gap and how, what we could do about it? The first thing we could do about it is have every single student come from the exact same home which isn't possible, and I understand that. But um, I think what we need to do is be, more, be realistic that kids come from different places and also that kids learn from different, in different manners. I think if a teacher has the ability to have some parents or members of businesses that we've partnered with who are willing to come into their classroom and help with students who are behind on the, in the achievement gap and are willing to use alternative ways of showing them how to do things or reading to them or whatever it is that they need, um, offering many options in the classroom for the teachers and for people that will are willing to help the teachers to help bring those kids who are falling behind up. And I think it's another way we can use people who are willing to give of their time. I think there's a lot of people out there that can give of their time and feel that that's all they have. They don't have money 
And I think we haven't tapped into all those people yet. And I think we need to figure out how to get out there and find those people. And I think if we can make sure that they are the proper people to be in our classrooms and they are, you know, under the supervision of a teacher helping students and giving that a little extra for certain students, I think that will improve the achievement gap with students. Tell me something, uh, Ms. Beals. Did I understand that you have some special needs students in your family? I am lucky enough to have a, I have three children. My oldest daughter went through just regular public school, not on an IEP and not gifted. My second son, my second child, he is uh, a GATE student, and my third child is on an IEP. So I have all three of them covered. I have a mainstream, wow, a GATE, and an IEP student. So right. I have seen and, and had to fight on all spectrums when it comes to working with teachers and schools. Would you say this, this has created in you any specific passions for things that are, that are needed in the school district? Um, yes, it has. I can tell you that as a parent, I feel that the fight I had to put up here in California to get my son's services, as a parent, I can't believe it took me as long as it took me to get the school district to see what needed to be done with my son. And now he's in sixth grade, and I believe that catching things early you can do a lot more about it. So now it's going to be even more of a struggle for us because we didn't get help for him till he was in the fourth grade, but we started fighting for it in kindergarten. And for our listeners that don't know, GATE is the Gifted and Talented... Gifted and Talented Education. And the IEP stands for Individualized Educational Plan. Correct. And that's, that's for um, individuals with special learning um, situations, whatever Correct. they be. Yes. Right, and, and that ranges everywhere from um, special needs to uh, things like ADD or uh, other situations that a student might have. Correct. Um, there, there are other hats that the board members have to wear in terms of being public personalities. Are you aware of those, and are you p- kind of prepared for the, that role? Um, I am aware of them. I definitely can tell you I need to work on my public speaking. I am not very good at it. I am not. I have not ever been a politician, or which is what it feels like I have to become to run for the school board. Um, so I have, to, I have to learn to speak better in front of large groups. So yes, and I know that's part of it. I have been in front of large groups at the elementary school while I was the PFO president, but um, not necessarily huge large groups of um, parents and family members. What is the most important thing that you've done as a as a volunteer in your school, PFO, and the um, PTO positions that you've had that you think you're going to be able to bring to the school board? Um, well, I think the most important thing I did when I was the president of the PT, the, uh, our PFO at Sunrise was to create what's, what we called at our school a teacher, uh, we call it the teacher's locker or the teacher's closet. And what it is is with the fundraising money that we brought in, a portion of every single fundraiser went to filling that closet with paper, pencils, crayons, paint, construction paper, erasers, glue, you name it, and allowed our teachers to be, to not have to worry about while they're standing in front of a class and they want to do a project or they need to copy some homework for students. They didn't have to stand in front of the class and worry about that while they were teaching. They knew they can go to that closet, 
write, a, write up a little note and somebody would deliver it to their classroom. And I think that's something that we could figure out how to do at many of the schools in Elk Grove. I don't, I don't think it's, it's beyond doing it a lot of the schools in our school district. I think there's a way, and I think there's fundraising opportunities that could be used to, I'm not asking, you know, people to just give of, uh, you know, their stuff from home. We can go out there and figure out ways of fundraising and getting those closets started in the different schools. It was not that difficult at Sunrise. Mm -hmm. So what would you say that you see for our children's future? That's one of those big overarching questions, but. Um, well, I hope that the new people that are running for the board in Area 1 and those that are running in 6 and us in 7 all have the true passion to, for the kids and that the new school board will consider our students when they're making all their decisions. And I, and I hope if that's the case, because every single one has stated that right now, that they're doing this for the kids. And if that's the case, then our kids have a bright future because we're there to fight for them, and we're going to do all we can to get what we can for all of our students in Elk Grove. And finally, what's the most important thing that the public needs to know about Teresa Beals? They need to know that I'm, I'm there to be a voice for all the students in Elk Grove, and that I have asked everyone that's supporting me to hold me to that, and that I do realize that teachers stand in front of the classrooms, and they need not only the board, but everyone to understand they need the tools and support to do their job, jobs well. And also that um, I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that every dollar can make it all the way into our classroom when it comes to our educational dollars. I'm going to fight to get every dollar I can into the classrooms for our students. Well, I want to thank you for talking to us today, and I wish you the very best in your, in your election attempt. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Our thanks to Teresa Beals, candidate for EGUSD's Board of Trustees, Area 7. We also have interviews of her opponents, Al Roulette and Carmine Fortina. This is Radio Elk Grove. You've been listening to Radio Elk Grove. Radio Elk Grove is written and produced by Denny Gomez, who is solely responsible for its content. Music is written and created by Jason Elmore. Thanks for listening.